Day before yesterday, she said, I went into the city. And I come out on the trolley. And I don't know what possessed me, I ain't done it for months, but when we crossed the start of the plank road, I got off and went up and visited the old lady's home. You know I've always thought, she broke off, well, you know I ain't a real lot to do with, and I always had an idea that meb sometime, when I got older, I might I nodded, and she went on. Well, I walked around among em up their canary birds and plants and footstools and the whole thing fixed up so cheerful that it's pitiful. Red wallpaper and flowered curtains and such, all fair yellin' at you, were cheerful cheerful cheerful, till I like to run. And it come over me, bein' so near Christmas and all, what would they do on Christmas? So I asked a woman in a navy blue dress, seein' she flipped around like she was the flag o' the place. The South Corridor, she answers, them's the highest paying calliope threw in, chipped in and got up a tree, and there's gifts for all, s she. The West Corridor them's the local city ones all has friends to take em away for the day. The East Corridor they re from farther away and Midland well to do all has boxes comin' to em from off. But the North Corridor, s she, scallin some, is rather a trial to us. And I was waitin' for that. The North Corridor is all charity old ladies, paid for out o' the fund, and the president o' the home has just died, and the secretaries in the old country on a pleasure trip, and the boards in a row over the policy o' the home, and the Navy Blue Matron Doss sent act, and altogether it looked like the North Corridor was goin' to get a regular midweek Wednesday, instead of a Christmas. And I up and AST her to take me down to CM. It was easy to see what Calliope had done, I thought, she had promised to spend Christmas Eve over there in the North Corridor, reading aloud. There was nine of em, she went on, nice old grandma ladies, with hands that looked like they'd ought to a been tying little aprons and cutting out cookies and squeezing somebody else's hand. There they sat, with the wallpaper doing its cheerfulest, loud as an insult, one of em with lots o' white hair, one of em singing a little some of them trying to sew or knit some. My land, said Calliope, when we think of them sitting up and down the world with their arms all empty and Christmas coming on ain't it a wonder well, I stayed round and talked to em, she went on, while the navy blue lady whisked her starched skirts some. She seemed too busy tendin' to em to give em much attention. And they looked real pleased when I talked to em about their patchwork and knit tin, and did they get the sun all day and didn't the canary sort o' oh, shave something off in the human eardrum, on his tip-top notes. And when I said that, Grandma Holly her with lots o' white hair says. I don't know but it does, she says, but I don't mind, I'm so thankful to see something around that's, little and young, that sort o' landed in my heart. It's just what I'd been thinking about em. Little, young things, s-i, sort o' careless, make a lot o' racket, you know. At that old Miss Bernie pipes up her that brought up her daughter's children and her son-in-law married again and turned her out. I used to think so, she says quiet, the noise o' oh, the children used to bother me terrible. When they really got to go and I used to think I couldn't stand it, my head hurt me so. But now, as she, I get to thinkin' sometimes I wouldn't mind a horse fiddle if some of em played it. They're lots o' company, 
The little things, says old Ms. Norris she'd kept Ms. Lay in her teeth and the navy blue lady had took Emma away from her that day for to teach her, so I couldn't hardly understand what she said. Mine was named Ellen and Nancy, I made out. Some o' you remember my Sam, Ms. Ailing speaks up then, and she begun windin' up her yarn and never noticed she was revellin' out her mitten, he was an alderman, she was goin' on, but old Ms. Winslow cuts in on her. It don't matter what he was when he was man-grown, s she. Man-grown can get along themselves. It's when they're little bits o' oh, ones, she says. Little, says Grandma Holly. Is it little you mean? Well, my Amy's two little feet used to be swallowed up in my hand so, she says, shut in her hand over to show us. Well, so they went on. I give you my word I stood there sort o' grippin' up on my elbows. I'd always known it was so like you do know things are so. But somehow when you come to, feel, they're so, that's another thing. And I was feelin' this in my throat bout as big as an orange. I'd thought their hands looked like they'd ought to be tyin' up little aprons, but I never thought o' the hands bein' real lonesome to do the tyin', and thinkin' about it, too. And now I understood M like I see M for the first time, real face to face. Somehow, we ain't any too apt to look at people that way, said Calliope. You see how I mean it. Then comes the navy blue woman and says it's time for their hot milk, and they all looked up, kind o hopeful. And I see that the navy blue one had got M trained into the idea that hot milk was an event. She didn't like to HEVM talk much about the past, she told me, when she see what we was speaking of, because it general L.Y. made some of M cry, and the idea was to keep the spirit of the home bright and cheerful. So I see, S.I. dry. And there was Christmas coming on, and nothing to break the general cheerfulness, but hot milk. Well, Calliope said, I suppose you'll think I'm terrible foolish, but I couldn't help what I done. I don't wonder at it, said I, warmly, you promised to spend Christmas Eve with them, and read aloud to them, didn't you, Calliope? No. Calliope cried, I didn't do that. I should think they'd be sick to death o' being read aloud to. I should think they'd be sick to death being cheered up by their surroundings. No I invited the whole nine of em to come over and spend Christmas Eve with me. Calliope. I cried, but how? I know it, she exclaimed, I know it. But they're all well and hearty. The charity corridor ain't expected in the infirmary much. And Jimmy Sturgis is goin' to bring M over free in the closed bus aisle fill it with hot bricks and hot flat irons and bed quilts. And my land. You'd ought to see M when I ask M. I don't suppose they'd had an invite out in years. The navy blue lady looked like I'd nipped a mountain off in her shoulders, too. And now, said Calliope, what on top of this earth will I do with M when I get M here? What indeed? I left my task and sat by her on the rug before the fire, and we talked it over. But all the while we talked, I could see that she was keeping something back some plan of which she was doubtful. I ain't no money to spend, you know, she said and I won't let anybody else spend any for me, for this. Folks has plans enough o' oh, their own without mine. But I kept saying to myself, 
all the way home when my knees give down at the idea of what I was going to do. Calliope, the Lord says, give. And he meant you to give, same's those that HEV got. He didn't say, everybody give but Calliope, and she ain't got much, so she'd ought to be let off. He said, give. And he didn't mention all nice things, same side like to give, and most everybody does give she nodded toward my bed, brave with its Christmas array. He didn't mention give and underscore things underscore at all. And so, said Calliope, I thought oh something else. She sat with brooding eyes on the fire, her hands clasped about her knees. The Lord Christ, said Calliope, didn't HEV nothing of his own. And yet he just give and give and give. And somehow I got the I D. She finished, glancing up at me shyly, that Meb Christmas ain't really all in your stocking foot, after all. I ain't much to spend, and Meb that sounds some like sour grapes. But it seems like a good many beautiful things is free to all, and that they's ways to do. Well, I've thought of a way. Calliope, I said, tell me what you have really planned for the old lady party. You have planned? Well, yes, she said, I HEV. But Meb you'll think it ain't anything. First I thought OT, and thin bread and butter sandwiches it seems some like a party, when you get your bread thin. And I've got apples in the house we could roast, and corn to pop over the kitchen fire. But then I come to a stop. For I ain't nothing else, and I've spent every cent I can spend a ready. But yet I did want to show em something lovely and different tea from what they see, so's it'd seem as if somebody cared, and as if they'd been in Christmas, too. And all of a sudden it come to me, why not invite in a few little children oh somebody's here in friendship? So's them old grandma ladies. She shook her head and turned away. I expect, she said, you think I'm terrible foolish. But wouldn't that be given, don't you think? Would that be anything? I have planned, as will fall to us all, many happy ways of keeping festival, but I think that never, even in days when I myself was happiest, have I so delighted in any event as in this of Calliope's proposing. And when at last she had gone, and the dusk had fallen, and I lighted candles, and went back to my pleasant task, some way the stitches of pink and blue on flowered fabrics, the flutter of crisp ribbons, and the breath of the sachets were not greatly in my thoughts, and that which made me glad was a certain shining in the room, but this was not of candlelight, or firelight, or winter starlight. With the days the plans for the Proudfit party, or rather the plans of the Proudfit guests went merrily forward. It was, they said, like in the old Moxon days, when the house in which I was now living had been the friendship fairyland. Some take their parties solemnly, some joyously, some feverishly, but friendship takes them vitally, as it takes a project or the breath of being. Like the rest of the world, the village sank Christmas in festivity. It could not see Christmas for the Christmas plans.